evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen. The Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist Woolless Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Scar, I'm hosting today's program. You wonder what anarchy is all about? Anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures, which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democratic principles. It's a society where wealth is held in common. Why these two principles? Very simple. Anarchos, anarchy, without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power, share wealth. Simple concept. You don't need an IQ test, as Mr. Groper does. You don't need an IQ. Uh, so I'm a bit confused. I'm really confused, you know. I'm, I'm a confused man. And obviously that's why I broadcast on the Anarchist World this week. Now, there's all these movie people being outed for their behaviour, disgraceful behaviour towards women. The President Groper... The President of the US of A, President Donald Groper, seems to be untouchable. Well, we'll see what happens. You know what they say, when somebody trips, there's always a bit of fun going on. But that's just, just a by the by, not that I'm that interested but uh, in the Groper, but that's by the by. Now, let's move on. Now, first of all, I'd like to thank all those people who came to the Peter Norman commemoration on Monday, the 9th of October, the 49th anniversary, we'll be having a big one next year on the 9th of October and the 16th of October, 2018. Yes, we think ahead, 12 months ahead. We're always thinking ahead as far as activities are concerned. So uh, take the two days off. We'll be having two full days and a uh, great way to uh, get involved. And as I said to people on Monday, I mean, I'm not interested in... Uh, obtaining a uh, major interactive monument for Peter Norman because he still holds the uh, 200-metre record in Australia or because he won a silver medal at the Olympics. What I'm interested in is the fact that what he did highlights a very important principle. And that principle is that each and every one of us can be Peter Norman, that each and every one of us at any point in our life Maybe in a situation, we find ourselves in a situation where we're asked to make a decision and where we support those who are devalued and powerless and exploited. We've a, we have a choice. We can either turn our backs on them and walk away, as 99.9% of people seem to do, or we can step into that breach. And that's what Peter Norman did in 1968. 
And that's what makes his contribution such a significant contribution. Now, you may remember about a decade ago, there was an ice skater. I think he's called Stephen Bradbury. Nice gentleman. Australian ice skater. He was in the finals and uh, the four skaters in front of him fell over and he won an Olympic gold medal. And in the Australian uh, lexicon, we've got now doing a Bradbury, you know, doing a Bradbury. We all know what doing a Bradbury is. But why haven't we, 49 years after Peter Norman's action, have in the Australian lexicon the concept of doing a Peter Norman? Doing a Peter Norman. Speaking up. And we see that other people have been badgered, exploited, devalued. Think about it. Doing a Peter Norman should be in the Australian language. Should be. Now we finally, finally have got the 2017 Eureka Rebellion Celebrations Program finalised. That's right. And this year, the 3rd of December, falls on a Sunday. So you've got no excuse. So this year, once again, we start at 4am. 3rd of December, Sunday, at Eureka Park, at the corner of Stall and Eureka Street. Not where the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka is down the other end, but where the battle actually took place on top of the hill. So at the Eureka Stockage site. 4am, the corner of Stall and Eureka Street. And then we have a whole program. But the important thing is, which goes to 10pm, so 4am to 10pm, 16 hours of activities. And obviously the last three hours, it's our normal, it's our annual Eureka dinner. Now, seats are limited. There'll be about 60 to 80. I think we could do, we could push in 90 if we have to. So if you want a seat, obviously you're welcome to come along and have a drink if you can't get a seat. You know, we don't never turn anybody away. But if you want a seat, you want to guarantee a seat, you're old and feeble like me, and you want a seat from the night, you want to, don't want to eat standing up, well, give us a ring. 0439 395 489. Make a booking. 7pm, 3rd of December, Sunday. Make a booking for the annual Eureka dinner, and it is in Ballarat. That's where the whole thing happens, in Ballarat. Not Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, Adelaide, Udnadatta, but in Ballarat. So if you want a seat, now's the time to start booking, or you can just send your booking to anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. You don't have to book to come to the celebrations. Just turn up at 4 a.m., take part in, you know, the 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., or take part in the whole day. It's up to you. Get involved. And if you can't walk 13 kilometres, don't worry, we usually have a convoy of cars behind us, you know, to protect our rear. So come along, be one of the convoy of cars, march on the day. It's a long day, it's an important day. And while I'm uh, talking about the you reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, don't forget we are still looking for nominations for the Eureka Australia, day, Eureka Australia Medal. Every year the Anarchist Institute via the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebrations, gives out six Eureka Australia medals to people in this country who have made a significant contribution to improving the lives of other people. We're not talking about the rich and famous. We're talking about those who do the hard yakka, those like Peter Norman who pay the price for the stand they've taken 
and those like Peter Norman who are never recognised for their activities. This is a, a great chance that you have of nominating somebody who you feel deserves an Eureka Australia, Australia medal for the work they have done. This medal is handcrafted, it's handcrafted by a well-known um, Melbourne sculptor, Bill Perrin. It's handcrafted. It's awarded on the day at Bakery Hill at the very site the Eureka Oath was taken. So nominations, we only take written nominations. You either post them to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, or you email them to anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. We need a person's name, a contact phone number, address, so we can let them know if they've received the medal, if they uh, just make sure they want to accept the medal, and obviously a paragraph or two about why you've nominated them. Nominations close, I think, on the 10th, 10th. No, 16th of November, 16th of November. Get them in early. You can send in as many nominations as you like, preferably if not the same person all the time because you're just wasting your time. But you can send in as many nominations as you like and we do welcome nominations. Now, as I said before, I'd like to thank all those people who came to the Peter Norman commemoration uh, on the 9th of October. Uh, Moves are afoot uh, to make... A monument, a reality. Uh, we'll begin in negotiations in the next few weeks. This is going to be a, a long, drawn-out process. Nothing quick about it, but uh, I'm glad you came, and hopefully more of you can come next year. We'll keep you up to date with how negotiations are going. Obviously, there are a number of options which we will be following. And don't forget those people who are members of the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective, and we're always looking for new members, that the next Knees Up Mother Brown um, lunch for members and uh, potential members, and it's only a dollar a day, 30 days, $30 a month, will be on Saturday the 9th of December, put that in your diary, Saturday the 9th of December, usually from about 12 to about 4. So put that in your diary and I will tell you more about that as we get more information about that. Let's move on. Now I'm always interested in the concept of objective truth. And why is objective truth important? I mean... We can go through life having beliefs, and many people go through life only having beliefs and acting on their beliefs. But if we don't have objective truths, and what that means is things we could actually point at and say, that is a fact. We can measure that fact. That is a fact. Then we have the dilemma where the state or corporations or people in authority can tell us what to believe in. And this is what we're seeing around the world, especially in the US of A. We have forces which have particular ideological agendas 
which are basically determining what truth is. Not based on objective facts, but based on their belief system. I'll give you a simple example. Now, the previous Prime Minister, who again was lauded in the Murdoch newspapers, made a statement, a very simple statement, that more people die during a cold snap than a heat wave. I mean, the man was ex was the Australian Prime Minister. You reckon he'd look at a bit of objective truth? Well, that statement is totally, 100% incorrect. Bingo. During a cold snap, if you're not homeless, the individual can take measures to keep warm even if they've got no access to central heating or a heater, they may have access to clothes to keep them warm. So although people die during cold snaps, many, 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 many more people die during a heat wave, especially people on lower incomes. Because as an individual... What you can do to minimise the effects of a heat wave are minimal. Unless you trundle off to your local shopping centre and sit in air the air-conditioned comfort until the security guards move you on. So that's an objective fact. So objective facts are important, and there are things that we can point to which are real, which are facts, and we use those facts to interact and create our reality. Now, if you're happy to dismiss those facts as fake news... Well, then you become fertile ground for every Tom, Dick and Harry who's trying to push their barrow, financial, economic, ideological, religious, on you. Because you have no, no foundations via which to base your beliefs. So you could be convinced tomorrow that all blue-eyed, blonde two-year-olds are the devil incarnate and they should all be executed. And we've seen this type of behaviour in human history over and over again, where belief systems, which are peddled by people feathering their own nest, create situations we see in the US of A. And everybody thinks of, you know, the Groper, President Donald Groper, you know, some type of populist hero who's there battling against political correctness, identity politics, there for the working class, the dispossessed working class. And when you look at the man and you look at his past history and his present history, it's all about the Groper. It's all about 
increasing his power. It's all about increasing his influence. For example, what is one of the major platforms of his so-called tax reform? To remove death duties on the richest Americans because that has a direct impact on his family empire. So here we have objective facts regarding the groper, but they're dismissed as fake news because we want to create a new dimension, a dimension where we create our own belief system and luxuriating. And the beauty about the World Wide Web is we don't have to interact with anybody we don't want to interact with. We go to the sites which reinforce our opinions, which reinforce our belief systems, and everything else is the devil's country. So think about it. Think about how important facts, objective facts are, and how important it is to destroy the factual basis on which we have created the societies we live in. And if we can destroy that factual basis, we can create a belief system in the public mind which will determine, which will ensure, not just determine, but which will ensure that those sections of society that exercise power continue to exercise unrestrained power. Listen to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Now, those of you who've been following the kerfuffle in Catalan, not Spain, Catalan, will be wondering, what's all this about? What's all this about? Well, nation states, not just in the colonial world, but nation states are artificial creations. And to a significant degree, the way a nation state grows is by absorbing different peoples and incorporating them into their territory. When you look at United Kingdom, you had Ireland, you got Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland and England. Although the United Kingdom's been around for centuries, and that desire for autonomy and independence of people with a different cultural perspective and a different language remains long after they've been incorporated into the mainstream society. And it's the same in Spain. Remember, the Basque separatists were involved in an armed struggle for independence for decades. It's only recently they've laid down their arms. And the people of Catalan, who were incorporated into the Spanish nation centuries ago, have always maintained their identity as far as a distinct cultural presence and language is concerned. And to a significant degree, 
they have felt that they've been exploited by the central government. So this desire which we see, not just in Western Europe but different parts of the globe, for people to become autonomous and break away from a centralised authority because they've got a distinctive culture and language is something which is growing. And this struggle for national independence is something we are going to see. And we saw it with the breakup of the former Yugoslavia, where it broke up into five, I think it's five, distinct nation-states, Croatia, Serbia, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Kosovo, and Slovakia, Slovenia, my apologies, Slovenia. And it didn't mean the end of the world. And the issue is with these nationalist independence movements, it's not a struggle against capitalism. It's not a struggle, you know, maybe for more rights for individual citizens, but a struggle for autonomy by people with a similar language and culture and worldview, who've got a history, a history of independence. Whether it's people in southern Thailand, what's that, who've been you know, agitating for independence for years. So these are issues we will see that will become more dominant. And we saw it in the Quebec struggle in Canada where we had two different languages and different cultural cultural, um, uh, patterns and we saw the increased autonomy which the people of Quebec won in the 60s and 70s as a result of that struggle for independence. So we are seeing the same struggle now in Catalan and the Spanish government is quite concerned that if the Catalonians achieve autonomy or even independence, then the Basques will want independence. The people from Aragon will want independence because they've all got traditions which go back centuries where they've been able to retain their languages and cultures despite the imposition of a centralised authority on them. So, fascinating. We do live in a complex world. It does chop and change. The breakup of the Soviet Union didn't lead to the end of the universe as we knew it. Another 15 independent nation states. The Middle East, and we see it in Africa and the Middle East and South America and Central America, where arbitrary borders have been drawn up and we continue to see struggles continue in those areas because of these arbitrary borders where people with a common language and culture have been separated by somebody drawing a line on a map. So think about it when you see it. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Dot org dot au. You can write to me. Yes, I do answer letters, although they are infrequent these days. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, 
Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can go to the Anarchist Media website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the public. Love me, like me dearly. Sorry, Elvis. I stuffed up your song there, didn't I? But, uh, you know, Toscano for the public. Most of the things I'm involved in on a week-to-week basis are up there on the Facebook page. Get involved. We keep organising things. Um, The important thing in life is, you know, it's not just to sit back and consume, but we need to act. We need to make demands. We need to make our demands a reality. And you don't do that by pushing a button on pushing a button or uh, dreaming about the future or uh, or uh, privatising your very existence and uh, allowing other people to determine what you think. That you know, That's the bad way to do it. Now, I said last week that I would be doing a few minutes, maybe five minutes every week uh, on public interest before corporate interest because I think... That public interest before corporate interest is a very worthwhile organisation, not just because I'm Secretary of Public Interest and Convener of Public Interest before corporate interest, because I think it is a political and social movement whose time has come. Because in an era where identity politics is everything, we now are in a period where an increasing number of people are looking for alternatives and there are no alternatives there. And public interest before corporate interest was set up in April 2015 in order to raise the issue of putting the interests of the many before the few. That's all public interest before corporate interest means. Because today, in 21st century Australia, parliamentary legislation isn't determined by people's needs and our federal parliamentary representatives don't represent the interests of the people who voted into office. They basically represent the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs. Think about it. So public interest before corporate interests would like to register as a federal political party. In order to do that, we need 550 members on the federal electoral roll. So, if you're interested in learning more about them, we do have a number of branches which have been set up. The Pipsy Southern Peninsula branch, that's a branch in uh, on, the, on the Mornington Peninsula outside Melbourne, They will be meeting on Thursday, the 12th of October. That's right, Thursday, the 12th of October, at the Sea Winds Community Hub. That's the Capel Sound Community Centre at 11A Alambi, A-L-L-A-M-B-I Avenue, Capel Sound. That's near Rosebud. At 6pm. And obviously they'll be meeting on the 26th of October at the same branch. Now, if you want further information, you can always go to the Pipsy uh, webpage, pipsy.net, pipsy.net. Now, the Frankston Hastings branch will meet on at the Frankston North Community Centre 
at 26 Mahogany Avenue, Frankston North, about 6pm to about 7.30, 8pm. It meets on the first and third Tuesday of the month. So it will be meeting on the 17th, which I think is the third Tuesday of the month, if I got it correctly. That's the 17th of October. Now, importantly, there are two more groups that uh, are attempting to form a branch. And uh, people interested in the Melton Churnside, Melton uh, uh, region uh, are holding a Pipsy Picnic Barbecue this Sunday, the 15th of October, from 11am to 2pm. That's 11am to 2pm at the Hannah Watts Park in Melton. Melton's in one of the far northern suburbs of... Uh, Melbourne, on the way to Bacchus Marsh in Ballarat. So 11am to 2pm this Sunday, 15th of October. Join public interest before corporate interest for a picnic barbecue. I'll be going to the picnic barbecue as the convener uh, of public interest before corporate interest. But 11am to 2pm, Hannah Watts Park in Melton. Bring your family and friends and bring some food and drinks to add to the communal table. It's a uh, free event. Everybody is welcome. You can always go to the uh, you can always go to the uh, Pipsy website to get more information about that picnic. That's Sunday, the fifteenth of October, eleven a.m. to two p.m. Hannah Watts Park on the outskirts of Melton, uh, and uh, that's at one seven seven to one eight eight. High Street, Melton. I've been to the park. Can't miss it. Great park. Lots of um, things for the kids to do, so bring your kids along too because, you know, public interest before corporate isn't just for young people or old people. It's for everybody, young and old, and we have members which range in age from 14 to 94. So come and join us if you live in that part of the world or you'd like to support the picnic. Uh, this Sunday, 15th of October, 11am to 2pm, Hannah Watts Park, in Melton, and I'll just mention it briefly. On Sunday, the 29th of October, from 11 a.m. to 3:30 p.m., there'll be a Pipsy picnic, public interest before corporate interest, at Alambi South, A W M A M B E South Community Centre, and uh, that's um, that's um, up near Maui Terralgan. If you want further information on that particular picnic you can ring Simon on 0447487191 Listen to the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network and don't forget the next public interest before corporate interest rally in Melbourne will be on the steps of Parliament House on the last Wednesday of October that's right, the last Wednesday of October. So what do you think that day is? Well, it won't be the 31st, the 31st. it'll be much before that. So I think it's about the 26th, 7, 8, no, yeah, I think it's the 26th, the last Wednesday. You look it up. Last Wednesday, midday to 1pm, hail, rail or shine, and uh, join us for the Pipsy Rally if you want to become a member. You can download the application form from pipsy.net, P-I-B-C-I.net. 
you can leave a, a message on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489 with a contact address and we can post you out an application form or 500 application forms depending on how many people you think would be uh, interested in joining. Okay, let's move on. Now, another little activity. Yes, we do have a lot of activities, so you don't have an excuse. On the 12th of November... And we will be, the Unexpected Institute is hosting the yearly Francesco Fantine Memorial, which will be held on the 12th of November at, from about 10am to about 1pm and then followed by a picnic on the riverbanks at the Murchison, M-U-R-C-H-I-S-O-N Cemetery. So Murchison Cemetery, and we'll keep you informed of that. That's a Sunday. Uh, there's usually... Um, it's a big day. Uh, Francesco Fantine is an anarchist who was murdered at Camp Love Day in South Australia, an internment camp in 1942 by an Italian fascist. He was an Italian anarchist refugee who'd made his home in Australia. He was a uh, he worked at the Geelong Woolen Mills as well as the uh, cane fields in North Queensland. It's a Fascinating story, and uh, as we get closer to the 12th of November, I will tell you more about Francesco Fantine. Usually, only have a small group going because they've got to go all the way to Murchison by 10 a.m., but obviously, you're welcome to come along. And we're hoping that some family members will be there this year to mark the 75th anniversary of his murder. Okay, let's move on. Now, if you think the Defend and Extend Public Housing campaign has finished, think again. It's only just started. It's only just started. Because the Andrews-led Labor government is on a suicide mission. Their suicide. They seem to have forgotten that they've only got a majority of two. They seem to have forgotten there's a state election at the end of next year. They seem to have forgotten there is a Northcote by-election to be held on the 18th of November. They seem to have forgotten that Melbourne has the greatest concentration of people living in public housing in the CBD within five to seven kilometres of the CBD, of any capital city or of any city, any town in this country. They seem to have forgotten that their re-election is up for grabs because they are knifing in their back their most loyal supporters, people living in Housing Commission properties. So I'd just like to look at a few definitions because this is a field, it's a minefield as far as language is concerned. Those of you who've listened to the anarchist world this week for decades will know that language in political, social struggle is everything. And I make a habit of talking about language. So what is public housing? Public housing is government-owned and government-managed. Very simple. That's all it means. What is the public? The many. 
What is community and social housing? Community and social housing is owned by private organisations, some for profit, some not for profit, and is managed by private organisations. That's community and social housing. Now, the Andrews-led Labor government is a policy which it is slowly implementing despite resistance of converting government-owned, government-managed housing into community and social-owned and community and social-managed housing. And it is doing this in a number of ways. It is doing this in redeveloping public housing, which has fallen into disrepair because they've refused over the years, both Liberal and Labor governments, to, to carry out much-needed maintenance on public housing. Redevelop these sites, not give tenants the right of return, and then turn over turn over the titles to the community and social housing sector and the management rights. And what's even more extraordinary, how are they going to fund this? And they're going to fund this by giving land to the private sector, which is publicly owned, and saying to these private corporations, we will allow you to knock down these units, rebuild as long as 15 to 20% of the new units you build are community and social housing and the rest go up for sale to the private sector. Wonderful, isn't it? And in an effort to speed up this program and make it irreversible, they are earmarking a billion dollars to be used to assist the community and social housing sectors to get off the ground. So what's the difference between public, government-owned and government-managed housing and community and social housing? What is the difference? Well, there are a number of very important differences. The very first one, the most important, is security of tenure. Security of tenure. If you are in public housing, unless your behaviour is outrageous, you can, or unless you ask for a transfer, you can continue to live in the same place. If you're a parent, that means your children can go to the same school. They're not ripped out of school every few years and go to a new school and lose all their friends. It means you can form links in your local community. It means these things. Security of tenure. Community and social housing is one step up from a private landlord. You don't necessarily have security of tenure. Public housing, limited at 25% of your income. Community and social housing does not have the same limit. Public housing, allocated on the basis of need. Not whether you, you know, you genuflect and doff your cap and say you're sorry, but allocated on the basis of need. Community and social housing have their own criteria about who they will house and what rules are applied. 
There's a huge difference in the two sectors. So what the Andrews-led Labor government is doing on this suicide mission is trying to absolve itself of the state, absolving itself of the responsibility of providing housing, not just to desperate homeless people, but people who will never, never be able to access the private property market. Never. Not in a million years. Not in an era of stagnant wages. Not in an era when overtime payments for the most poorly paid workers in this country have been removed by the Fair Work Commission. Although I understand we're waiting on a federal court decision. So, what are our plans? Defend and extend public housing. Very simple. We have one simple demand. And it doesn't take blood in the streets or blood on the wattle or revolution or even protests. One simple demand. We want the Legislative Assembly and the Legislative Council to earmark the the $6 billion which is collected from stamp duty every year. So when you buy a house, you pay stamp duty. And that money goes into consolidated revenue. But if that $6 billion was set aside, you could spot purchase. And what's spot purchase mean? It means you could purchase units and houses in regional centres around Melbourne where people who need housing can be placed in a secure environment as part of a local community. You don't need to put everybody on the, with the, the same problems in the same block. With $6 billion, let's say we, we put $1 billion aside for maintenance and management, right, to run the Housing Commission, with $5 billion, you could spot purchase or build at least 25,000 houses or units every year in the state of Victoria. And you could do it in every other state, depending on how much money comes from stamp duty. That would house in Victoria at least 75,000 people. Within 10 years, you'd have almost, you'd have over three quarters of a million people housed in public housing. Not just people in desperate circumstances, but people, low income families, who would never be able to acquire housing in their own right, never be able to enter a property market which is dominated by investors because of Australia's investment friendly laws. So if you're interested in the concept of public housing, the Defend and Extend Public Housing rallies continue. Our next public rally will be on October, Wednesday, October the 18th, midday to around 1.30pm. And why that day? Because it's a parliamentary sitting day. The Victorian Parliament only sits 54 days a year, so it's a little bit difficult, you know, juggling a protest with a day Parliament is sitting. And the next one will be on Wednesday, the 1st of November. So you've got the opportunity to, to attend two Defend and Extend public housing rallies within a fortnight. Get involved. Go to the Facebook page, Defend and Extend Public Housing, and you will see 
all the activities that are being organised by Defend and Extend Public Housing. And if you think, I rent, why should I give a you know hoot about public housing? I'm buying, why should I give a hoot about public housing? I own, why should I give a hoot about public housing? It's very simple. What we're about is creating a mixed economy where the private sector and the state sector compete in the same marketplace. If you increase public housing, you put pressure on private landlords to decrease rents as fewer people will need to rent. If you increase public housing, you put pressure on the costs of houses and units at the lower end of the market because fewer people are competing to buy those houses and units. And if you own public housing or an investor, it's still good for you because it means less social dislocation, less violence, less crime. Because people who find themselves in a safe, stable, secure environment are less likely to get involved in criminal activity. So as I said before, public housing, it's good for everyone. Everyone. So John is in this particular struggle. Now, last week, I did make a, a kind of a, kind of a, not a promise, but I just made a statement that if enough people in the electorate of Northgate, which covers, which is in Melbourne, which covers, I think, the suburbs of Fairfield, Formbury, Alvington, Northcote and parts of Preston. It's a funny little area. It's bounded by Bell Street to the north, Merry Creek on the one side, Darabin Creek on the other, and the Yarra River on the, down the bottom. So it's a funny little electorate, about 45,000, 50,000 people. So they're doing a by-election. It's a seat which is held by Labor, which the Greens believe they will win. I said that if enough people rang me or emailed me that they're willing to nominate me, I would make the effort and stand. Stand in the electorate of Northcote on a platform of putting the interests of the many before the few and putting the interests of public housing on the agenda because over 40% of people in the electorate of Northcote are renters and are strong, and there obviously there's public housing uh, in that area. But if people... Um, you know, we need to move a little bit away from issue-orientated politics and take a wider view. Now, it looks like... It looks like I'm going to be nominating. It looks like. It looks like uh, enough people have rung up. I've got to contact them over the next few days. But I need a few more nominations. So if you live in one of those, if you're in the Northcote electorate and you'd like me to stand on that platform of public, um, defending and extending public housing and public interest before corporate interests, give me a ring. 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489 or email me at at uh, info at pipsy.net, info, I-N-F-O, at pipsy, P-I-C-I dot net. I'll contact you and uh, get you to sign the nomination forms, but I'm hoping if we go over this final hurdle to nominate on Monday, and then maybe next week I'll be uh, outlining the campaign plan. So it's good to know that there are interested people that... Uh, you know that, uh, as I said before, on the Anarchist Wall this week, we will use every legal 
tactic available to us. Every legal, non-violent tactic available to us to promote the idea of devolving power, sharing wealth, breaking down hierarchy, putting the interests of the many before the interests of the few. Because anarchism isn't about waiting for the right moment for the revolution. Anarchism is a continuing struggle to improve people's life by devolving power and sharing wealth. That's what it's about. It is hard, grinding work. Hard, grinding work. So I'm very pleased to announce that it looks like a possibility. I won't say it is, but it looks very likely it's going to happen. But I need a few more people. Give us a ring, 0439 395 489. I'll be standing as an independent radical community activist. You like that? Independent radical community activist. Let's move on on the anarchist world this week. It's interesting, isn't it, how we continue to think we're conjoint twins with the US of A. How although Donald Groper is having issues with his own hand-picked Secretary of State and Treasurer, you know, the adults trying to keep the child in check in the White House, that Malcolm, our beloved Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, continues to say we are conjoint twins. Do we really want to be conjoint twins with a nation state which has the capacity to plunge the world into World War Three? I know it seems, you know, a little bit ludicrous for me to say that, but think about it. Let's say there's a preemptive strike on North Korea. Let's say the North Koreans then respond by obliterating Seoul. Obviously, they won't get much further than that. Let's say then there's a reaction to that. Let's say the Chinese say, look, we're not very interested in having the Groper on our border in North Korea, and they get involved. And then let's say the Russians may also get involved because their boy, the Groper, may be a little bit out of control. Think about it. It doesn't take much in an era of instant communication where you just push a button and destroy the lives of millions, if not tens of millions of people. It doesn't take much for that type of situation to occur. Hopefully the adults in the White House will keep the, will keep the you know, petulant two-year-old under control. And let's hope the US military has got enough nous to understand what the... What the you know, what could happen, and uh, let's hope, because sometimes all you can rely is on hope, because there's not much you or I can do except try to disentangle ourselves from this alliance where every time the United States tells us to jump, we ask, how high should I jump? Wanna? Have I jumped high enough? Do you want more young Australian men and women to be sacrificed on the Trump altar? 
You've been listening to the Atticus World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can join public interest before corporate interest by downloading the application form from pipsy.net. You can go to the Defend and Extend public housing Facebook page and become involved in the events that are happening. You can join us on Sunday the 15th of October from 11am to 2pm at Hannah Watts Park in Melton uh, for a Pipsy barbecue and possibly the formation of a new Pipsy branch in that region in Melton. And if you think nothing is happening in my part of Australia, well... You can change that. Give us a call. We'll help you get organised, help you get established, help you change the world. Now's the time to get involved. Stop twiddling that little thumb on your on your web, on your computer. Stop dreaming about what it could what your life could have been. Stop being a wannabe and a could have been and become a gonna do and a gonna be gonna doer and become a, a real human being. Become active, change society. You've got that option. You've got that power. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Don't forget, go to the Facebook page, Toscana for the Public. Like me or I'll cry. And if you see me in the streets, don't say I'm your friend because I've got a lot of friends and unfortunately I've never met most of them. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listening next week. And don't forget, Wednesday evening dinner is still on. Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant tonight, 20 Smith Street, Collingwood. Come along, join us. Let's talk about this Northcote by-election campaign, how you can help, how we, what we can do. 20 Smith Street, Collingwood, Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant. Wednesday evening with Joseph Toscano. Every Wednesday, join me for the cost of your own food and drinks. What a great night out. You can fall asleep with me as the elderly dissect the universe. Thank you once, and the young too. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week via the Community Radio Network to the Anarchist World this week. Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, Lord, yeah.